Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer and director, Danielle Levitt. Danielle has worked with clients such as Nike, HBO, ESPN, Time Magazine, as well as organizations such as Planned Parenthood, to name a few. Danielle has photographed everyone from LeBron James, Kendall Jenner, Bradley Cooper, and Selena Gomez, to name a few. Beyond working for top commercial and editorial clients, Danielle is constantly working on personal projects around the globe, including one of her projects titled We Are Experienced, a series of portraits depicting adolescents in urban, suburban, and rural settings, which is published in a book by Powerhouse Books. Danielle is someone who has accomplished a lot, so I was excited to get a chance to speak with her. So I hope you enjoy, and thanks for listening. I guess start off, like, how's the last three months been for you? Like, obviously, the world's kind of crazy right now. A lot of stuff going on. Obviously, the pandemic, all the protests, everything, I guess, for you. Because I was, like, I was reading one of your posts on Instagram, and you were kind of just, like, reflecting on how your normal life is this kind of go, 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 traveling, shooting, shooting, shooting. Obviously, work's been kind of different lately for everyone. But I guess, how's the last three months been for you, I guess? It has been wild. I mean... I can even do it chronological if it makes more sense. Like it started and I was welcoming the pause because I was like, this is done in two weeks. This is done in three weeks. This is done in a month. And after a month, I was like, wow, I'm not like, I'm really, I have, I travel more than anyone I know because I've, I, I, I just created a, I, you know, the career I guess I wanted for myself was one that <laughs> included seeing lots of things and being lots of places. And, you know, you start to learn about like all of your instincts. But, you know, we go our normal schedule for this year. We work with Rick Owens in Paris four times a year. Yeah. I had a wedding in Italy, a wedding in Austria, a wedding in um, I had four weddings. I can't even remember Austin. And there was another one. There was going to Marrakesh, there was going to, oh, I, uh, just whatever. I don't even know. We were going everywhere. Go, go, go. Go. And it was going to be every month this entire year, we were going to be out of the country, I think. So when the pandemic hit, I sort of took it as like this wonderful opportunity to take a break. Because yeah. there's no FOMO. There's no fear of, of, of what work I'm not doing because there's no one's doing anything. Yep. And then after a month, I was like, okay. And what I did is basically I've taken this time, and this is only the beginning. We'll get to the unrest and everything else later. (laughs) But um, I really took this time to be reflective and start taking, to look at things and say, okay, what do I need to get done? What haven't I gotten done? What am I doing? What do I feel? What do I want to try to achieve? I don't know if I'm doing any of that, but what I started to do was work on my archives and really talk about my experiences because, you know, I've been shooting for so long and it's clear to me that I've changed so much in the course of my, my mentals, like my mental approach to work and how I feel about things has changed so much. Yeah. And, um, and people sort of ask me like on social media or yeah, mainly on social media, a similar question all the time, like really a, and I know this is for everyone. How do you make it? How do you get someplace? But there just seems to be, to me, there seemed to be this 
space, and maybe I should push on it further, where successful people don't talk about how challenging it is to start. I mean, and it is challenging. I mean, at least it was for me. Um, riddled with anxiety, riddled with fear, riddled with the unknown, and realizing that I didn't have a second path. There was only one path for me. So here I am having all this anxiety and this fear, but I also don't have a backup plan. Yep. So I started to think about that, and that's when I started you know, writing more. I've always been personal in my posts, but this was a more targeted and specific kind of experience. Yeah. And, um, and so I have been really reflective and I've been taking the time, truly taking the time to recharge, like in a real way, because I haven't been in one place for more than 10 days in probably 10 years. And also like when you're shooting as much as you do and traveling, I would imagine like a lot of times, like even for myself, cause you're just going from job to job to job. It's mm-hmm. hard to even have the time to actually look at your work and even try to be like, what do I want to be doing? Like you can, right. you can just get busy being busy. So it's like sure. having the time, to, like you said, like the last couple of months is like, there anything you've taken away, like positive out of this? Everything's crazy. You think? I mean, I'm looking at what I want to do. I'm feeling how I want to feel. I'm reassessing what's important, you know, and it's not, you know, I, I, I feel fortunate because a lot of the jobs, most of the jobs I do, I want to do mm-hmm. is like a really fortunate place to be. I feel blessed that I am sometimes deciding between two great options and killing myself because I can't, you know, I want more. Don't get me wrong. I do not think this is the end all be all. I do not have it all, but I have to sometimes just look at what I have at hand and say, stop. Okay. Yes. We all want more. But yeah. take what you have right now and, and feel proud of yourself that you're here. And that's, what, you know, a driving force. At least try to stay in the moment and recognize in this moment, this is a good thing. Even if you want something else, yeah. you still are good with what you have right now. Definitely. So I'm like, what am I excited about? It's been so long that I've just had to actually think what I'm excited about and who I want to talk to and what I want to do. Yeah. And like during this like whole quarantine thing, it's been interesting to see. I've been talking to a lot of photographers and like some people have taken this time and have have been working on personal projects just from their home. Maybe it's shooting their family. Maybe it's shooting still life. Other people have kind of this put the camera down to say this have not had the inspiration. That was me. Yeah. That's kind of how I've been like, because like I'm like, I mostly shoot people and I haven't like step. I'm still like, there's stuff I want to shoot, but I'm still like, I'm still being cautious and it's like, I'm just kind of taking my time, but I guess like, where's your mind at? Cause like looking at your stuff, you're always shooting stuff. So it's kind of. I know I'm a crazy person. <laughs> well, my agent Deb was like in the beginning, like Danielle, what are you doing? Where, where, where's your head at? And I was like, this is the first time in my life I've paused. This is the first time in my life I've taken a moment to actually not work. And I, and I, and I know a lot of people think that, but I have really put a lot on my own, like whether or not it's a lot or a little to other, to other people, to me, I carry a lot. So what I've done and what I'm going to about to start doing, I haven't taken any pictures, not outside of going to the protests, which were very rewarding. But I've been doing more. I, when I started, I used to do all my own street casting and 
it's been hard to find people on the street that you like in general. I'm too busy. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get somebody's number and then call them in six months. Like it can be challenging. So I have been a little bit more proactive about reaching out to people. And I got some numbers of some kids that I think are cool. And, um, there's a kid who I met who lives down the street who I've, who I'm hoping to shoot next week. And then there are these other ones that I'm hoping to shoot. So I'm starting to think about going like, and it's stripped back. It's just me, like no crew, no nothing. Maybe I'll have someone else with me to help me with like kind of create lighting, but it's just how I started. Do you like that you think? I think in this case, it'll be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Cause that's like looking at a lot of stuff you do like when you're shooting these big campaigns for whatever it might be like rick owens or a lot of people yeah it's a lot of people and it's like i mean i worked on those sets just from like shooting and assisting for years and it's like sometimes i mean it's good to have that help but then other times it can just kind of slow down the process sometimes like yeah how do you kind of deal with that because it's like everyone wants to put their two cents in it's like the circle of people looking at the monitors which is good because like they're amazing people on these sets but it's like a give and take you know well, we did a job. There was a, I did a huge job where the client and the creatives didn't, I don't think that it was as clear to each of them what we were doing. And so there was that moment in the beginning where I was like, hey guys, I'm happy to make it more. I'm happy to make it less. I'm happy, like, let's get it where we want it to be. Yeah. But let's decide where that is. <laughs> it was, you know, like, Basically, you know, everyone get aligned. Let's figure out what we're trying to do because the only way to make this the best is yeah. if we all have a direction and we're striving towards it because if we're on the same page, then. So in that regard, I do as a professional knowing knowing that the day is already over when it starts and that the time will come and OT will come and all that stuff. I try to nip that kind of stuff in the bud. But that's something that I train myself how to do. Yeah. And like you were mentioned earlier, like people don't understand like how hard it is to make it in this business. It's very competitive. Yeah. Like w- when you're starting out, like did you kind of always just have that confidence in yourself that you would succeed? Um, what was this, what do you kind of remember about being a young photographer? Because when you, when you start out, as you know, no one knows who you are. These photo editors don't yeah. know you. They're not returning your nope. emails. They're not going to meet with you. Like what do you remember about those early days and what do you think kind of kept you going forward? I mean, honestly, that's when I talk about these things. Like, I hated those early days. I hate that feeling. It's awful because, you know, I had one goal my whole life, and it was to be a photographer. So I just, I didn't think, oh, just because I want to be a photographer means you become one. But I also don't think I had any idea what it meant to become one. Like, there's no real rule book. Like, what's helpful with Instagram or with your podcast, whatever, we can speak to somebody directly and say, okay, so you're going to become a photographer and it means all of these other things are, you're going to have to do all this work. Nobody told me I didn't assist. I didn't know what I had to do to do it. So writing, it wasn't even emails. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, I don't even know what it was. Phone calls. Well, I think back in the day, like a lot of magazines, they'd have a day where you could drop off your portfolio and then like stuff like that. Yeah. What did I do in the early 2000s? <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I met a lot of people going out and living in New York City. I would take meetings with a lot of people. I really tried to get my foot in the door. I was persistent. I was constantly shooting. I was constantly working. But I, when I always remember feeling 
I wanted to do like fashion, fashion, like regular fashion. And, and truly, I felt so badly about the way people received those photographs that no one seemed to ever like them. Yep. Not really like them. I just felt so low that I kind of was like, okay, what? I'm going to keep shooting. I'm going to keep shooting. But I, I kind of changed direction when I found what people were reacting to. I started, I was still what I wanted to be doing but i responded to how people were reacting yeah because i couldn't take the rejection it's so devastating it is no joke it is devastating still that i'm like how come a b and c isn't hiring me i mean the, the quest for greatness never i mean I, I think that's good i think it's good to hear that because i think a lot of times people listening to these podcasts they they look at you they look at these other like successful photographers and they think like right. oh they've just arrived but it's still that constant battle for you like and especially yeah. i talk about this all the time is this like even more so with social media it's easy to be like compare yourself to like what this person's doing because it's like as you know i mean instagram's just a highlight reel you know what i mean right, right. yeah highlight reel but it's also a great platform to get stuff out i mean look look where we definitely. are definitely it's a give and take yeah no it, yeah, it, for, for sure, sure. But like in terms of work and non-touches and social stuff, like you can, you do have a highlights reel and, but it's, hmm, you do, it's one, I mean, some people maybe are fine. You know, people, some people get to a point where they're like, I am making money. I am shooting what I like and I am cool. It doesn't have to be any different. Yeah. And I will say that, I desire more, but then there are places where I have greater faith that it's all going to come. Yeah. You know, like I know that I shoot real people and I'm one of, I've been doing it so long. It's second nature to me. Right. So if you're having a, a triple bid, for example, and you've talked to two other people, I'm not going to, if I don't get the job, I don't get the job. But I know that if you're talking to me, I know coming in there that I actually can do this. I know I've hit like the best I can be mm -hmm. in a lot of ways to provide you the potential. Like if you wanted to hire me, I know I have enough experience to come in and make it work. Yeah. I will be successful at it because I, I, I know that. Like enough experience doing what I do allows me that confidence that I have. Yeah, definitely. And like you mentioned, like you, because a lot of your work, it's like documentary kind of based, like you said, it's real people. Uh, mm -hmm. What is it about? Because that's like the hardest thing as a photographer is trying to find your voice, your whatever it is, like you're trying to convey. Um, so like, did it take you a long time to kind of find your voice as a photographer? And what is it about this kind of photographing like real people and real scenarios you think you're drawn to the most, you think? Because like a lot of advertising work is like casted, it's models, or they might yeah. make it look real, but it's not really real. So right. Yeah. Well, so in that way, I have like this little lane that I can live in because for the people that are like, oh, we want it to actually be real. Yeah. There's like not as many of us doing that, which is not intentional, but happy for it. Um, so I, I mean, when you're working with models, you have to create characters and you have to be really good at that creation. You have to make it feel like an extension of them. Mm -hmm. It has to be real. It can't be forced. And I shoot with models and I'm much better at it now than I was before. But I would say some of the critiques that I got like in the mid early 2000s, like almost 15 years ago would be like, I remember one photo editor 
was like, Danielle, these pictures don't look like you. You look cooler than these people. Like what, because you have to Im imbue these people with character. Like what is it you're trying to say? So you have to rely on a great style, great hair and makeup. You have to learn how to manage your team and say, okay, that's too much hair, that's too much makeup. But you have hair and makeup people that want to shine just like everybody else. And, and if you say, okay, don't do anything, they're like, why am I here? So you start to learn these things. And with the with real people, it was way easier to, to, to start to accentuate the things that already existed about them. Yeah. But I also, I just liked how unexpected everything was. Everything was a new challenge every single time you met somebody. You don't know anything about them. You don't know about their world. Now I'm learning you know, you live in this world. And now, I mean, I've been to almost every state in the country. I've been to multiple people's homes. I've seen all these things. So I could speak now with having experience. Yeah. And I, I like the knowledge. I like learning about culture through the people that are doing it. Definitely. And have you always just been good at like communicating with people? Because like you said, you're sometimes you're photographing some big celebrity or it's yeah. like some person that's like some high school kid in his bedroom this who's not used to having his picture taken or whoever it might be. Like, have you always just had that skill set and like confidence approaching anybody on the street? Or you think it's just something you kind of build on and you kind of just kind of build that confidence? Well, I do have a very loud big personality i, I mean, know that's why i like I, I was excited yeah. to talk to you because i was looking at your instagram i was like oh she daniel's gonna be hyped because like yeah i see you on the set you, you got like the the megaphone and you're just yeah. like hyping around and dancing people yeah. and it's, it's cool yeah. i mean i was born this way don't get me wrong i've always been <laughs> social and kind of loud and and but i've gotten better at making people feel better you know one of the things that i talk about and i feel like i should maybe go back to on the instagram to share a little bit more hey yeah like even people I don't know that are on the street. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I was so riddled with the anxiety, it was hard to let me come through. Like when I was sitting there and it's the nineties and everything is about being lit and everything has to be perfect. Well, if you get, if I have a lighting that's this big and you fall out, I'm like, ah, go back. Like there's no freedom. Yeah. And I, in 2008, when I published my book in 2008, nine or something, and the economy collapsed and everyone lost their job first round. Yep. And I was like, what am I doing with myself? How are you going to grow? How are you going to begin to start and embark on your new phase? Mm -hmm. I ditched the confines. I ditched the lighting. I ditched it. Now I have a whole arsenal of ideas and I can go back to it anytime I want. Mm -hmm. but I ditched it and I started directing, directing people in motion and you can't be passive when you're directing people in motion. So now I'm ditching the anxiety. I'm learning how to communicate because I have to direct them. And one day it just kind of clicked and they sort of merged. I mean, I've always been social. I've always been able to speak to people. And I think that I've been unconventional, but the anxiety would bum me out. It would make me not who I wanted to be. It didn't make me loosey goosey on set. What, what, was, it that, what, was, it, what, what was it that you were like, kind of anxious about? You think it was this? being good at it. Is this going to be good? Is this good enough? Did I make the right decision? If I light it like this and I'm not lighting it like this, is this the right idea? Like, oh, like the, you know, Malcolm Gladwell says 10,000 hours, you're an expert. You know, like I had what, 2,000 hours in? <laughs> I had a lot more to learn. Yeah. So then you cut forward, I start directing and I start doing this. And then all of a sudden there's no, I don't have a behavior for photography and a behavior for directing. 
everyone gets, I talk to everybody. You don't want direction. That's cool too. Yeah. I shut up, but yeah. I, you know, you read the room. Most people appreciate it because it takes the pressure off of them to perform. Yeah. And then like, another thing is like, there's like this balance of like art and commerce. Like at the end of the day, you're an artist, but then you're trying to like make a living from it. Like you're working with big companies like Facebook or ESPN. Like, do you feel like you need to like create work that will attract clients or, or is it more just like, you're just going to create the work you're inspired by, put it out there. If people respond to it, fine. Or how do you view this, the kind of balance of like art and commerce, you know? I will say I am a huge, huge believer in never creating work for anybody else. Yeah. In your own world. You, if you want to shoot for ESPN, hopefully you're somebody who already shoots like what they want because they'll come to you for whatever it is you're doing. This is the greatest myth that I always try to debunk. Yep. Never chase. It's all, if you're chasing it, you're too late. Exactly. You have to be at the forefront of it. You need to be the person who's creating these worlds. And you look at, you look at um, all of these photographers that have come before, some people who who have their work that's rooted in energy or in light or whatever. There are people, the people that I think that live in the worlds that I'm most inspired by, they didn't follow anyone. This is just the path that they're on. Yeah. ESPN photo editors, GQ photo editors, who all these magazines, these people love photography. That's the theory, right? They love photography and they want to discover and explore something new. And if they're worth their weight in salt in anything, they'll find you, you know? Yeah. You have to always be making the work. Keep and, pushing it, always yeah, be And you're interesting because like, you're looking at work, it's so amazing because you bounce between all these different worlds. Like you'll shoot the cover of Glamour, where it'll be like Kendall Jenner or something. And then and you'll shoot the cover of ESPN and it's, it's like this other stuff, so it's like, it's amazing. I don't know if that always is the best idea. I but bet it seems, you it, it seems good though, because you, I mean, that's what's fun about photography, I think, is like being able to do all these things. Like, if you just had to shoot, like, if you only shot fashion every day, like, do you think you'd get bored of that? Yes. I mean, I like the challenge of these things. The reason why I like shooting celebrities is because that's just another level of a person and a character. Like, what are you shoot celebrities, right? The cover of Glamour. There are some serious parameters. You don't, that was, my last cover with them, with Margot Robbie for Birds of Prey, was one of the harder shoots that I've done, in, not because they give you no time, and then they take away the time that they already haven't given you enough of. Yep. It's high pressure because you've got four major celebrities and all of their teams. And every, you know, like this happens all the time, but in this case, they gave me so little time that actually it, and then they added more stuff. It was hard to get there. And then, yeah, the magazine wants like four setups cover. The well, they're, the magazine at least is reasonable. They know that there's only so much I can get, but I want it to be great. Yeah. I don't want it to be like, I don't, it's nothing I want to do is meant to be just thrown away. It's meant to be great. So what does that mean? It means that I need maybe a little bit more time to decide that this looks good or not. Instead of being like, okay, we don't have to, time to decide this better look good. Yeah. That's a different way but it is it is i wonder all the time listen i'm consistent i'm consistently working for one and the other like i'm not that is who i am good or bad i don't know but i wonder if sometimes if there had been more of a narrowing if if i would be somewhere else yeah. would i be shooting the cover of italian vogue 
Hmm. I don't know. Probably not because I don't shoot models. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's a hard thing. I think it's like, like I was talking to someone the other day. It was like, you can look at other photographers and you, you can use them as inspiration, but like everyone's life path is so different. Like how you oh, met this person. And it's like, like it's at least for me, like I've like, there's like clients I've like reached out to for years. Cause I'm like, I want to shoot for them. But then it's always out of left field. You get a call from somebody and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> like, right. exactly. Where did you, you come from? So I guess that's the like cool thing about life. Like you can plan as much as you want, but like who knows what's going to come around the next corner. Well, that is another thing. So I say never chase a trend, always yeah. create your own path. And I always say you have to make work because guess what? You have just to your point, you have no idea where someone's going to come find you. They're like, oh, my friend's cousin showed me this picture. Yeah. And who did, you didn't know that your friend's cousin was the photo director okay. for whatever, for Esquire. Now yeah. you're shooting for Esquire. Where did that come from? You're like, I don't know. <laughs> but if you don't have the work, yeah. there's nothing anyone's going to be able to talk about or see that's going to get draw them to you. You have to create the work. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, one thing I really enjoy about your work, it seems like it's been a focus of your, your career for for most of it, it's like you shoot a lot of youth, this kind of kids, yeah. uh, young, yeah, like high school age, whatnot. What is it about? Like, I think it was the book, We Are Experience, which was mm -hmm. an amazing um, like series of photos. What is it about that kind of stuff, photographing kind of youth of today? You think you, what kind of inspires you about that? You think? I, I guess like, and I, I'm trying, that's one of the things I try to spend a little more time trying to understand because one thing I don't want to do is just constantly be in the habit of something and not know the intention. Mm -hmm. But my curiosity, like it started because I, I wanted to know if it was the same as when I was a kid. Like, what does it look like to be a kid? What does it look like when the, the, the teenager I was versus you? Then I realized that all of these, like, there are themes and I love those themes. I love that love is brand new to you. I love that best friends are going to be in and out. I love that you have no idea what is about to happen to you and what's in store for you. I love watching you figure out that like when, you know, when the devil wears Prada, when, when Meryl Streep says you're wearing that color blue because of blah, blah, blah. Like there was this, these kids are absorbing all the media that we're kind of putting out there and interpreting it and giving it back to us. Right. Yeah. So she's wearing that eye and doing her hair like that. And she's looking this way and he's skateboarders are still like their vibe. They're the punks. These archetypes. It's interesting to see a, how the archetype change or don't change. Yeah. I love just finding into it. And it feels so fresh to be around people who are learning about themselves. I love being around people that have to learn about themselves. And they're, they're still excited about the future. They're not Everything. like jaded. Yeah. No, yeah. Jake. They're just like it's a lot ahead of them. What do you? Or what do you, not? Even if it's unknown, it could be just be a lot of unknown ahead of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, what do you remember about being like a kid in high school? Like, were you someone? Did you enjoy school? Or did you hate it? What do you kind of remember about being growing up? Like, well, I have a little bit of a weird story, but I was always like this. I always had a million friends from all different worlds. I'd be like, "There's my friend in this area. These are my friends in here." I was always bringing people together. But my, when I was 16, my father passed when I was in high school and then it just kind of sent me down some other path and I was not feeling it. I was very 
I, it, the, the irony is that I wanted to like disappear. Like I was like, this is, I'm overwhelmed. I'm flooded. These are too many things going on. And I don't want to be weird. I don't want to be loud. I don't want to be noticed. I want out. Yeah. <laughs> so I went the other way. And so it took me a couple of years to like deal with the adjustment. And that's when I moved to New York. So I was living in LA, I'm in high school. I think I'm probably on some path. I mean, I was not a great student. Um, yeah, I'm not a great student. Because when you got to New York, like, uh, did you end up, did you, were you someone, did you study photography or did you just kind of no. get straight into shooting or assisting? No. Or what was kind of your first nope. step now? Uh-uh, I had a J-O-B. That's I smart. was a waitress. Yep. And then I had been a printer when I lived in LA and Long Beach. So I was a black and white printer for like some like little baby newspaper or something, some local newspaper. And I, I kid you not, like maybe the reason why I encourage everyone to do everything because you never know when your life is going to change. But my boyfriend, when I was in Long Beach, when I moved to New York, had a friend who had a friend and that friend was a photographer yeah. and he was like kind of, he wasn't paparazzi, but he kind of was like doing like weird little event stuff. Yeah. And he's like, Hey Danielle, I'll pay 25 bucks to go shoot this thing for the New York post. I was, it was club USA. I was like, hell yeah, we'll go to club USA and shoot this thing for $25. <laughs> no problem. So I did that and I brought the film to the New York post and when I was there, I wasn't stupid. I, I met the photo editor and I was like, hey, do you need a black and white printer? So I sent my resume and I got a job and I worked at the New York Post as a black and white printer. And then we went and did digital. And so I worked at the New York Post for a lot of years and I had a full-time job there. I wasn't happy, but I, I worked there. And then on the weekends, I would test. I never assisted, I didn't go to school. And when I eventually got a fashion column, like it's kind of a knockoff Bill Cunningham streets, it was called Street. Yeah, it's on, it's, it's on your Instagram. I'll post it. It was, it was really cool. It's funny, right? It's all like, this is how I know all the people from like a life. And that, that's how I know a lot of people is I would be on the street every day, mm -hmm. shooting people, looking at people, talking to people, whatever. And um, I took that job. I quit the full-time job, did that full-time and then transitioned out. But I was always just testing and, practicing and that you feel like that, that's a big part of this business is this being like like this i don't know if the word networking is it but this like being a be, being a part of the community and this like this being a part of it like you're an artist and you're talking to all these people and that's kind of like a big part of it i mean i think so i don't think you i mean i know like it is hard i mean it, that's where i feel like sometimes i'm out of touch because now the world's a little different yeah it was, I do think that meeting people for me at that time was essential. If I hadn't met people, I don't know how I would have got them who I was. Like if I just was only sending, I never even did the pro, I don't think I did the promos, but if I was only, I was meeting stylists and the stylists already had a relationship with the magazines. Like it's all about like the young people connecting with each other. That to me is like such a big part. Like yeah. you want you talk to this person, you get with this person, this person, the African, there's, I don't know, work begets work. But the, yes, it's you, I think it's, I think you can be genius and brilliant and still get noticed. But I think that people who put more stuff out there are a little, it's a little easier to see them. Yeah, there's like, like you said, there's always be shooting 
and it's just like working on your own personal projects because they're like looking at your website it's like obviously you do all the ad campaign stuff really cool like editorial and all that stuff but it's like you're always it seems like you're always working on personal projects like where where do those projects usually kind of like where do they kind of evolve from usually it's just kind of stuff that pops in your brain right. here and there yeah it's like what's popping in the brain like if if somebody if something's out there like we pitch ideas like i've pitched ideas that are so contemporary right now that nobody cared about you know you just kind of take a temperature what's going on you know like a bunch of years ago i noticed that like the afropunk festival everyone's starting to wear their hair real natural and i was like you know i think there's something to the politics that's happening now what's going on i mean you know, and, and, and I, and there's all like, there's just a lot of stories that, you know, you, st- you pay attention to what's around you, like take the temperature, what's happening, who, um, not always the easiest thing. Like we've worked with the LGBTQ space for a long time yeah. and in part because that's what I consider my family, but also because it's a voice of the underrepresented and, I just try to be, try to pay attention a little bit what's happening out there. I don't know. It's not always hard. And also I'm still really critical of myself. So I also don't hundred percent think that I have nearly done as much as I could or should or would and wish yeah. I had more. Cause that's like one thing I'm always curious about. Like, do you walk away from like every shoot you do like completely satisfied or is there's times where you're just like rethinking stuff? Like, why did I do that? Why did I do this? Or is it this kind of, yes. Of yeah. course I do, but less so now, luckily. Less so now. I have much more peace now. Mm-hmm. But looking back, at, so I'm going through, like I just did this big sale to help raise money for Black Lives Matter. And yeah, Black I saw. I think, you, I think you saw on Instagram, you almost like almost 10,000 bucks, right? We have more. Wow, that's awesome. We got a lot more, which is great. We did over 15. Yep. And I think we did more than that, but I have to just see what the, everything comes in at. I'm like so, I, I mean, I cannot believe that like it's great like they ever like people were really excited to have a print and yeah. i was and they were like i, I get a hundred dollars no problem it was pretty yeah. awesome yeah it's like, like a real power of photography right there like obviously right. it's, it's great to shoot some celebrity or Absolutely. whatever but doing that it has a lot more effect i think than any other thing you know it feel i don't i mean i'm not putting any celebrities on my wall those don't make me feel yeah. They're a different exercise and I like them a lot and I love shooting celebrities, but they're not going on my wall. It's like for me, what's going on the wall is the stuff that makes me feel like a connection. But you know, as 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 portrait photographers, as people photographers, that's that's the thing. But I'm looking through all this work and I haven't even posted. Like, look, I'm like yep. Oh damn! You, you know, got the Daniel's got the rug. You, you, you got the rug. I got I got four here too. That's <laughs> And I'm realizing how good pictures are that I thought were so bad. And that was only a couple years ago, four years ago, three years ago. Yeah. So it's never, it's like we never get to get a break from our little demons. I mean, are, yeah. Are you, are you someone that, do you, do you welcome like uh, criticism to your work or do you, do you look for people to give you input on stuff you're shooting? Like I know obviously you work with a rep and other things like that or are you someone that kind of show your work to your friends and kind of get input or whatnot no no you like uh, you know you know what you want i like that danielle you're like you know what you want no it's not even bad it's like i never think to do that yeah like i will say this i shot an ad campaign 
this summer that they can't, they they ended up not running the campaign not because of me but they decided the the, the the ad camp the people the client and the ad agency they broke up oh, so they wow. never ran it they didn't like it i don't know they didn't like it but my agent was very direct with me she was like danielle this doesn't really feel like stuff you put out there this doesn't feel like your work and in this way she gives me criticism not she tries to like encourage me actually that's not true i'll tell you my husband harry illman is a brilliant photographer yeah he's absolutely changed the way i see he's always like Dan like he still danielle move around more danielle get down get here do this do that do that and he's constantly pushing me yeah. my agent the same way but anybody else I have enough criticism. I probably am fine. I, <laughs> I, I like that. What, <laughs> I, what's it like being married to another photographer? I, that seems I like love it. it. I looked oh, at no. his, I looked at his work uh, before I got on this. I saw it on your Instagram. Yeah. He, yeah, he's an amazing photographer. He's so good. Do you guys kind of like draw inspiration from each other? Like it seems like a, I don't know. It seems like an interesting uh, relationship. Yeah. With well, he is really great for me. He's he like encourages me to be better yeah. and he, he does like, I know when he likes something, it's real. I also like, I could, I know he, we met cause he assisted me. And so he helped me on set. And he, even like when I was doing the protest stuff, he was there just as like my, as a person at the protest, not, not, we don't work together anymore. Yeah. But at that point he said, Danielle, you already got that picture. Come on, start <laughs> thinking, push yourself, push yourself, push yourself. Yeah. So, I think I inspire him and and have a decade's worth of work underneath my belt that he doesn't have that any question he has, frankly, I probably have an answer to yeah. because I've already done it yeah. in some way, tr how it worked for me, what the experience was. So in that way, like as he's learning about and he's getting his campaigns and he's doing his thing, he has somebody specifically who's already done it who can say, this is what happened. When they're not doing that, I'm just going to say, if they're going silent, it's never a good sign. Like, there's those things you pick up. Yeah. And I think that lighting-wise or anything like that, I don't know if he does. He has his own way. He's very specific. <laughs> That's but, cool. You, 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 guys, you guys be busting each other. I, I told you to use the strip bank. <laughs> he will say that to me. Are you kidding me? He will, he will be like, I didn't, I didn't say you should do that. That's, that's for cool. real that way. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, you know, one thing I was kind of curious about, like, with the advertising stuff, like, do you feel like if you want to get that type of work, do you, do you think you need to have a rep in this business to kind of get into that? So, you know, I think, Obviously, people want advertising work because it pays bills. It, you know, it keeps the lights on, yeah. and it's like it's yeah. a it's a weird industry. It's uh, I, I guess what's your kind of take on that? And like, how did you what do you, what do you kind of remember about some of your first advertising gigs? I guess. Oh God, they're so like, I shot Dave Chappelle's last photo shoot for Comedy Central before he quit, like the day before he quit. Oh I shit! Think it was awful. He was like so. I you know what's funny? I saw him recently for the first time ever. And I was like, I know you'll never remember the story, but I think I took that with me as the biggest failure for so long because the shoot was so mediocre in part because he was not, it wasn't that it was mediocre. It's just that he was having a breakdown. Like he didn't want to, he knew he, he knew he was leaving the show. So it was like, he, yeah, he knew that he was done as he had already decided all this stuff. And I'm just going in like, but I'm hit with all this resistance this is early. Yeah. And it was hard. Like, 
it was really it you, stuck with me you know because like, you because you go in guns blazing like you're excited like i'm gonna shoot yeah. dave Chappelle. this is gonna be great yeah. but then you're not met yeah. with that you're not met with that same energy so it's like no he disappeared in a bathroom forever like, yeah yeah not um hold on my mother's texting me forgive me no worries um but but now like i do think that it is harder to get advertising if you don't have an agent i just mm. do um because and i don't know if it's true but that's what i think what and like when you i don't know if you i know i think you're on dsf dss reps yeah. now a lot yeah. of amazing photographers on there when you yeah. decided to start working with the rep like what is it you're looking for how did you know they're the right fit for you because i've talked to so many photographers who have like it don't work out good like it's ending lawsuits right. and all this because it's right. like it, it's a major commitment it's like you got to pay money it's a, to be on it's a, it's a relationship. It is an arranged marriage, honey. You all that you've, you talk to somebody for six months, but it doesn't mean you know each other. Mm-hmm. You know? I, you know, the DS reps thing, I was lucky. That was a Harry. That was the husband encouraging me. Um, he's here. I'm on a Zoom call, guys. Um, I had been at CLM and it was a very, I wasn't feeling it was the right, the fit felt off and it was time to make a change. And Harry was like, well, okay, well, what do you want? Like, what are you looking for? You need to ask yourself that. And I was like, Oh, I don't like, I just didn't even know. I felt a little bit defeated. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Hold on one second. Yeah. We were talking this about your kind of rep situation, what what you're kind of looking for. Cause it's like, how do you, you know it's like like you're saying it's a big it's a relationship it's an investment because you got to pay money a lot of times beyond these rosters all that you know well you're paying you're paying money in what you have you know to them i and the thing is the relationship's invaluable you want that like you want partnership because you could be myopic and be like okay that percentage i'm paying them let's call it 40 percent. it's not 40 let's call it 10 percent. actually just in case anyone's freaking out sounds good call it 10 (laughs) percent Um, that 10%, you can't look at it and, and think it's in a vacuum. You have to realize that it's about the relation, like under her watch, I'm, I'm, um, I have great company. She has, it's not, you know, everyone always talks about, oh, this person's my client. That person came to me already. It's not about that. It's like, yeah, all right. I worked with Wyatt and Kennedy for years, right? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you something. Why didn't Kennedy work with my agent for years too? So every time they go to that roster, they may be looking at Jason Nacito, but they're like, oh, what's Danielle up to? Because they're there. It's like you can't so narrow. Like you need to realize it is a union in that way. And my earbuds are not coming. Definitely. Um, So I, when my husband asked me, he was like, Danielle, you need to decide what you want. Like, where are you going? What's this next step? And I was like, I don't know. Like I'm so <laughs> uncertain what that what that means. But then she works with a lot of great artists. She is a very well respected agent. She's a great editor, and she has a lot of relationship with ad agencies. And I was like, well, that's, I want to get more advertising. I want to do more of that. Yep. And um, and all everyone was like, well, Danielle, you hustle anyway. You get your own editorial so it doesn't like why don't you focus on that and it's been a very very um powerful relationship very important relationship 
No, that's great. You know, and then and then, but the thing that I look for is like, do I like who they have on the roster, and how do they communicate? Because frankly, one of the hardest aspects um, of a relate, like a kind of relationship, is you don't know how they're going to communicate with you or with your clients or anything. And can you be honest? Can you say what you're feeling? Can you say, I don't want to do that job because it's not like, that's not my, that's, I don't like the concept. Mm -hmm. Can you say, Hey, uh, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I have too much going on. I need to take a little break. Like, what can you say to this person? They're your partner. So you better be able to say whatever. And, and that's what I felt was important or I've been working towards establishing. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, like when you kind of start out in this business, uh, you're a woman in photography, like when you start out, I mean, it still is, it's a male dominated industry. Oh, yes, it is. When you started out, was that something you were thinking about? Was it intimidating? Do you feel like the industry has changed much since you've been working in it all these years? I mean, I have to say that I, one second, Harry, I'm sending you a text with the look with the place where we bought it so you can look at their thing um it's i feel like being a woman in this industry is very difficult it has been very difficult i don't i don't i think it has added an extra level of, of challenge to an industry that's already hard to break into and get part of and and um it's hard to articulate because they're not like, oh, Danielle, we're not hiring you. We're hiring a man instead. No one's saying that. Yeah. But um, but I feel like I have been hustling and pushing and hustling and pushing. And the industry sort of had to take a revision and say, okay, we're like, people were like, we're going to start hiring women. We're going to make a concerted effort to hire women. And I will tell you, since that day, I've never been busier. Yep. That's and, and, and I heard because I worked with this one woman and she worked in, um, uh, in sports and she is a woman. She said, I've never worked with a female photographer. I have had people call me and say, I, there were, like I see sometimes you'll see a deck and it'll sit list the photographers that they're considering. None of them are women. You look at all the rosters, no women, you know, it's not like anyone's like, Oh, I hate women. I'm not working with women. They just don't. It's not part of their psyche. So I think it has made, I think it's hard to be a woman in this. It has been hard to be a woman in this industry. No, definitely. I I can only imagine. Um, I guess, what would you say to those younger, like uh, female photographers, maybe listening, what kind of kept you moving and kind of helped you kind of get to where you're at? You think this kind of not saying no, it's kind of keep pushing pretty much. Or? Yeah. You just, it's like really, you know, I like, you just have to fly above it all. It, yeah. It's not, I mean, the minute it's everybody else's problem, it's, they didn't hire you because you're a woman. They didn't hire you because of this. Like you're going to get trapped. Yeah. You get stuck. Like, do I think it's harder? Yes. Can I state one example of where I didn't get a job because some guy got it? No, but it's just an industry sort of a mentality, but I also think it's changing. And I think people are like becoming much more open. Like I have shot massive campaigns in the last couple of years 
massive. Yeah. You know, like one thing we, I had like multiple billboards up. I mean, I think people are allowing the opportunity for people. And I also, I, I don't know, I'm not a man, so I don't know how they work. I don't know how it typically works, but I know that one other thing that's happening, people want to work with people that are collaborative. I think they want to work with people that are nice and they want to work with talented people. Like you need talent and you need focus, but also do your sets have to be tense? Do they have to be a bummer to be on? Does that person have to be a diva? No. Can that person instead be someone you're excited to be around because they're excited to be there? Yes. Yep. It'd be nice. I think expectations are just shifting. Yeah, definitely. It's been, uh, even in the last few weeks, I know, I don't know if you saw a um, couple of publications like New York Mag and Vanity Fair. Um, they caught a lot of heat because um, they had a cover of uh, the protest for the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. They ended up hiring a white photographer for that cover. Yeah. I and saw they, that. they actually issued an apology and because I think, yeah, more and more, like you say, that like you got to take these things into consideration. You know, it's like it was interesting to see the dialogue. And I think everything that's going on, I would hope that, you know, some of these editors and stuff would kind of start thinking differently and kind of look into a brighter, mm -hmm. broader range and of like who to hire, you know. There's going to be a major reckoning now. There's going to be a massive shift and there's going to be a lot of people given opportunities. And again, that's why you want to create all this work because you want to be able to be a person who can be given an opportunity and have something to say, okay, you guys, I'm happy. I can get my foot in the door. Well, what are you showing? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Who are you? You know, like, what are you doing yep. with that? Yep, definitely. Uh, a couple more questions. I'll let you go. Sure. Uh, I know I was looking, you did a, you've been doing a cool series for ID magazine. It's called, it's a documentary film series called tribes. Um, I was uh oh, that's old. Is that old? I wasn't sure. It was yeah. old. I was looking at, I was looking on your website, so I wasn't sure when it was, but either way, it was a really great series. Like, what was that kind of all about? Yeah. Was it kind of, were those your ideas of like what you're kind of covering? Cause it was like some cool stuff like BMS. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. Those actually got me. Those are the, what, brought me into directing commercials. Okay. Those are really like a very effective example of like a little short film that like reaches into other people's worlds, but doesn't exploit and celebrates and stuff. I did those for ID. It was actually through them and Mark Jacobs. And it was a long time ago, you know, that's all I've been doing. I've been shooting tribes. I've been shooting families. I've been shooting kids. So they, that was just their brief, but we picked the world. And I'm very proud of that work. We had very little money and we made major big projects, like got massive casting, huge shoots. I mean, it was, it was a great exercise, but that's like a lot of the stuff I'm, I do. They're like tribes of people, kids, tribes of kids. Mm -hmm. It's harder with, internet and globalization because there are not as many weird little pockets to find. It's harder because everybody's there's lots of pockets already found. All right. That's, in, I, that's an interesting perspective. You, you, yeah. It's hard, harder to find some unique stuff, I guess. Yeah. I mean, got, it was easier when I was the only one looking. <laughs> he's got to dig, he's got to dig a little deeper. You got to start going uh, like Antarctica or something. Uh, <laughs> I'm just joking. There's still oh. a lot of good stories out there, but I mean, Danielle, I guess to wrap up, like you, like you say, you've been shooting for a while. You've accomplished a lot. 
Like, what do you think's like the kind of key to your longevity in this business and kind of any parting words for the people listening, just kind of who are aspi- aspiring to kind of do stuff that you've kind of done? Oh, geez. Heavy question. Um, no pressure, Daniel. Heavy. No, no pressure. <laughs> I mean, like I am, I, I would say to always be thinking forward don't be afraid of reinvention. Don't be afraid to change. Like definitely be okay with change. Change is essential growth because creatively what people want to see is different. And I, 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 I'm not suggesting following something that already exists. I mean, just know what, how to be, you don't have to get stuck in anything. Like yeah. you're allowed to grow, let Ex- yourself grow Explore. to whatever you feel the next, yeah, and feel what the next thing is. I would say that a bit, I attribute a lot of my lasting presence to the growth. Yeah. Granted, I've grown personally, I've grown visually, I've grown everywhere, you know, like everything, my belly, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that feels like, you know, when in 2009 I published the book and I was like, okay, where am I going next? It was a decision. I was like, I want to change. I want to see what happens. Yeah. I decided to start making films and I started to shoot natural light and I started to do all this stuff and it opened up a world that I hadn't explored. There's just keep pushing yourself and don't get complacent. Yeah. Well, uh, that's, that's really good advice, Danielle. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Like I said, I've uh, been a fan of your work for a while just because that's the thing I love about certain photographers. Like you look at their website, you can tell like you're always shooting. Like there's some people that's doing for the job. Like you can tell you're just doing this shit because you, you love it and it's your job. But that's why I love yeah. this kind of seeing that shit. You know, it's just like, it's, it's like the addiction, you know, it's like the next photo. It's Thank like, you. It's like fuel, man. So I, I really appreciate your time. You. So uh, yeah, thanks. You're so much. welcome. No problem. Cool. All right. So there you have it. That was the Daniel Levitt interview. I just want to thank Danielle so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. It was a real pleasure talking to her. Like I said, I've been a big fan of her work for years. She's always just constantly shooting and this amazing stuff. So definitely go check out Danielle's website at daniellelevitt.com as well as her Instagram at daniellelevitt. Lots of amazing work up there. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, as well as on YouTube at The Photo Banter and and on my website at alexgagnephoto.com and on my Instagram, at Alex Gagne Photo. Thanks so much for listening, and take care.